Hello and welcome to my radio program. I am Deb Creer, the socialite, and I am passionate about working with professionals to show them how to use social media as a business tool and how to use it to promote themselves. We are high atop the studio here in Centennial, Colorado. It is a gorgeous day. We've got these windows here. I can see all the way down to Pikes Peak, you know, so all these, if I drift off, it's because I'm looking outside. But I'm not going to drift off because I have an absolutely fabulous guest here with me today. I have Donna Feldman with me, and I am so delighted to have Donna here today. Donna is an experienced and certified coach. She works with busy professionals to help them make big improvements in their lives, their careers, and their businesses. Prior to coaching, she was a teacher and an advisor for many years in an inner city school. As a result, she has a direct, no-nonsense style that gets clients' results fast. She really likes to focus on practical steps to success, and as one of those steps, she has added social media as part of her repertoire. So we'll talk more about Donna kind of as we go, but I just wanted to jump in here and really start talking about social media. So welcome, Donna. Oh, it's great to be here. What a fabulous place. I'm looking out the window, too. This is just an awesome studio, and it's so exciting to be here with you talking about social media. Great. Well, welcome, welcome. Um, Donna uses Twitter, Facebook, Google+, LinkedIn. What am I forgetting? Um, I do have a YouTube channel. Uh I haven't done much with it lately, but just uh, making sure that I get out there and try everything. Great. So when you have a client who comes to you and they've never done social media before... How do you start? How do you work with them? And I know that you've got some boot camps and some trainings like that, so we'll talk about those too. But, you know, say I've never even set up any accounts. What would you tell me? You know, that's such a great question because from the bigger marketing perspective, I always want to know what what marketing are they already doing and where and how does social media fit into their business Because there are so many people out there that assume, oh, my God, I've got to be on Twitter. I've got to be on Facebook. What's this Google Plus? And I need to start shooting video. And, you know, it's got to be a good fit for you. It's got to be a good fit for your business. And it also has to be where your clients are. I mean, if your clients aren't using social media, then it's possible that you may not need to be spending the time doing it. So once we've um, determined is social media a good fit for them? You know, for typically for most people, because as you know, last count wasn't at 750 million people on Facebook. It bumped up with their announcement last week and all the changes they were making. They snuck it in on us that it's now 800 million people are active on Facebook. So Facebook typically seems like a good place to start, although many people still think, I had an email from someone thinking that, it was just a place to get gossip about their friends. And they and it is. <laughs> it's a great place for that, but they really weren't aware of the fact that it's a business tool that they could use. And like we just said, with 800 million people, um, there are a lot of people out there on there, and it's a good place to be with your business. And even with all those new changes that we were talking about, it's still, I think, one of the easier ones to start with. Right. You know, it's it's something that I think we can play with, and I shouldn't say play with, mm-hmm. because we do need to take it seriously, but it is something that you can get into fairly quickly and figure out how to do it. You know, I've started watching newspaper uh, newspaper ads, television commercials, things like that, and I honestly can't remember the last time I saw one that didn't have follow us on Facebook or Twitter or something like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if the major businesses are doing it, that really shows that the small businesses should too because it kind of puts us on a level playing field. Yeah, I mean, the big brands are there, and we can be there right with them. And the best part, as you know, is it's free. There really aren't very many places where businesses can find free marketing. It does cost time, uh, so you have to take that into effect, but you can be on all the social media sites, and other than time, it's not going to cost you anything. Right. So talk to us. You just, I think just today, launched a new Facebook page for your own business. Um, Tell me a little bit about that. Because I liked it, of course. Oh, oh, thank you so much for liking it. Well, actually, I've been running these social media study halls uh, because, well, my background is having been a teacher, I find that I really like teaching people. And while there's the marketing strategies involved with social media, people really seem to need some hands-on, one-on-one help, which is one of the things you ask, where do you start? So... 
a lot of what I've been doing is helping people set up either their Twitter pages or their Facebook pages. And so I started a study hall where people could bring their laptops and work on their projects. And along with a couple of other people, I'm there to help, just like in study hall. Uh, so then it dawned on me, well, we need a Facebook page for the study hall. So... And I think that came about, let me back up, because all the people who had been to study hall, of course, and the most recent one was two weeks ago, we set up all their Facebook pages, but Facebook rolled out all those changes, Mm -hmm. and I needed a way to update everybody who'd been to study hall about the Facebook changes, and I thought, what better place to do it? Done on Facebook. Great. Well, and um, I'm on the page right now, and, and I'm looking. So you've got a post on here that is, you know, talking about the new timeline. People have posted questions. So this really is a great resource for people. And the nice thing, the page is just Social Media Marketing Study Hall. So go find it on Facebook, and everybody like it, because it, that, that way you'll get that information. Oh, thank you, Deb. Now, talk a little bit about those uh, the sessions that you do with people. Well, the study hall, we actually limit that to just six people. We used to have it be a little larger, but we've just, we noticed that by limiting it to just six people, they show up with their laptops and we have a theme. So the next one is going to be Facebook business pages and we're there to help you set it up. Or if you already have one and you need tips, tools, tricks, some more advanced techniques, uh, along with Cherie Martin, uh, we help you with your Facebook pages. We've done them on a variety of topics, and so we sort of take requests. If enough people wanted one on Twitter, we would do one on Twitter. And we also have a free Lunch and Learn coming up. That's on October 6th, and that is actually at our meetup site. So probably the best place to find this, all this information, would be at our Facebook page for Social Media Marketing Study Hall. Great. Now, when you work with people, um, we'll talk about Facebook right now, what do you see is the biggest problem that people seem to have? You know, are they just confused? Do they not know how often they should post? You know, what what do you see? all of those. (laughs) Um, You know, what I've noticed is people who are active on Facebook personally, you know, they have a personal profile mm-hmm. and they've been using Facebook just for fun and for, their, you know, hanging out with their friends, talking to people, they seem to just get it much quicker. So I usually advise people that it is helpful to have a personal profile and get a little active and start liking pages and start making friends because one of the biggest challenges is often um, – what do I say? How do I say it? Who am I saying it to? How do I comment? And as you said, how often? And, you know, it's kind of interesting because I saw different statistics. I saw one that said posting more than three or four times a day was too many. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen others that say post up to 10 times a day. I saw one that said 10 to 12 times. So it might have been the same study. To me, that's way too much. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that starts getting in the realm of spam. Now, you know, obviously you're going to post more sometimes, like when Facebook makes major changes. Those of us who like to tell people a little bit about the changes are probably going to post a little bit more often for the next couple of days. But I tend to go with the kind of once a day type of, Mm -hmm. of rule. Yeah, from the page, I think one to two times. Now, you know, that said, I notice say a page like Westward that's mm-hmm. a lot about events right. They're posting things news. that are happening. Mm-hmm. You know, they are posting, you know, I don't know how many posts a day. It seems like one every 15 mm-hmm. minutes. And I think that's kind of different because if you're following their page, you're wanting that information. Right. It's funny. Facebook anymore is where I get my news, you know, mm-hmm. my, my true news. I subscribe to or, I, you know, I like the, the Denver Post page, several of the, the big TV channels, some of the major networks. And that is where I read, you know, the, the headlines at least. Now, obviously, they're only giving, you know, the, the top news. So if I still want the information, I have to go to the, the sites. But it really is where I've started getting the majority of my news. Well, it's interesting you say that because we were talking earlier about Twitter, and I get my news on Twitter. Mm -hmm. Um, I just like the brevity of the comments, and then I can just quickly take a look at the links. But like you, you know, following the Denver Post, the Business Journal, Mm -hmm. uh, some of the news stations, I just find it much easier to keep up with the news that way. 
Well, and, you know, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, wherever, it's in one place, you know, because I follow some of the sports programs, I follow some of the news, and so I just have to look at my Facebook page as opposed to going to MSNBC and ESPN and, you know, all of those other pages. It's just right there as long as I'm paying attention. Yeah. Yes. You know, and and the the new Facebook changes have made things a little confusing. You know, I was talking about paying attention. I'm connected with an awful lot of people on Facebook, and then I follow a lot of pages. So the my poor little news ticker, the new feature that's on the, the right side of the page, it's just kind of this little blur. So, you know, I've started using my lists, really relying on them a lot. Is that something that you've been finding? Yeah, I just this morning when I went in and I'm like, I feel like I'm not hearing from people, and I'm not seeing people, and I have a feeling that they're posting. So... Uh, we mentioned this before. I had made lists before the list came out, and so I've got my own list that I made, plus I have the list that um, Facebook has now decided I should be having. Mm-hmm. And by going in and checking my list, it is much easier to keep up with people, and they're just a great way of filtering what what you want to be paying attention to, whether it's people or pages. So if people aren't using lists, I really recommend that you learn how to use lists. Well, especially if you've got more than about 50 people who are posting fairly often that that you're following. You know, I have a list, and I've had it for, you know, a year at least, that's called My Family. It's the page, or it's, it's the list that I go to every single day. You know, they are the people that I really want to see their posts from. And then I have a list of business associates that I always want to make sure that I have their information all of those various things. Um, one of the thing I, things that I have noticed with the new changes is uh, it, it gives you the, the ability, I'm looking at this on the screen to, to make sure that I say this right, where if someone posts, the, the little uh, there's a little arrow that appears next to their uh, post on the right side, and it shows that I'm subscribed to that person. And then the default is that I receive most updates. You can also change that to all updates or only important updates. Now, you know, Facebook is determining what's important, so that's always entertaining. But I like that. And so I've gone back into the people that I really want to make sure I catch and checked all updates. Yeah, I, you know, that's funny you mentioned that because I just noticed that as well. And I realized, oh, that's why I'm not seeing updates from some mm-hmm. of these people. And so as people are showing up in my stream or as I go into my list, I'm doing the same thing, you know, changing the default to either people I want to see more of mm-hmm. or, you know, there right. are some people that maybe I want to see less of. Less of. Hopefully <laughs> not me. Um, you know, it also gives you the ability now if you have someone who is doing an auto post so or, or using a third-party uh, application. So if it's coming from Twitter, if it's coming from Hootsuite, all of those various things, now it gives you the option that you can own, that you can hide those. So, you know, maybe you've got somebody on Facebook who posts 90% of everything they're doing every single day on Twitter and it's feeding into Facebook and they post the important stuff on Facebook, you can go in now and tell it that you only want the things that are coming from Facebook. So that's kind of an interesting feature. I'm not sure I like it because, like, my blog comes in on networked blogs. So I don't want somebody blocking those type of posts. So I think this is still really something that they're experimenting a lot with. Yeah, I I think there are so many of us who really depend on tools like Hootsuite to help us, first of all, view all our social media accounts and then post from them that to block us like that, um, yeah, it'll be interesting, Mm -hmm. I think, to see what happens with that. Well, and, and of course, Google Plus right now doesn't allow any of that. And part of that is kind of the purity feature might be the the way to do it. So you know if you're seeing a post on Google Plus, somebody went in and typed it in Google Plus. So if you respond to it, it's more likely that they're there, all of those various things. And and some of what I've been hearing is that they will not open up their source code to allow those third-party applications. That'll be interesting. That will be interesting. You know, because I, I like Hootsuite. I especially like Hootsuite for scheduling things, you know, if I'm going to be gone. Yeah. Of course, I was busy this morning teaching my class, and so I had an automatic post that came out that reminded people to watch us today and or, or listen to us. I guess I'm watching, Donna, but, you know, people, people everyone else is listening. Um, so, you know, I, I like those applications. So that will be interesting to see how that evolves. Yes, it will. And, um what was I going to, for some reason that reminded me of one that I use for Twitter that allows me to do recurring tweets 
which, you know, a lot of people don't think you should schedule and post and do things like that, but it can be such a time saver and such a handy Mm -hmm. tool for those things that you do over and over and over. Right. Well, one of the tools that I use on my blog, um, and I use the hosted version of WordPress, is I have added a widget that goes in and I set the time to once a day. You can set it to, to whatever you would like, but it randomly reposts mm-hmm. my blog posts. And none of my blog posts are really something that is dated. You know, it's not talking about, you know, Christmas or a seminar or things like that. So they can be just randomly out there. And I really like that feature because it does get more activity on my Twitter page. And at least once or twice a day, somebody re- tweets those yeah and as busy business professionals there are only so many hours of the day that we can be mm-hmm. live on these social networking sites oh i know you know and 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 speaking of busy and and all those various things we do have to cut right now to a break so we're going to go ahead and do that please come back and join us in just a couple of moments you're listening to mile high radio milehighradio.com on the world wide web for your listening pleasure mile I used to worry a lot about my mom living on her own. My mother was recently widowed and is now all alone in her house. I'm concerned, but now that she wears the pendant, I feel better about it. Dad's almost 90 and lives by himself. But with the pendant, the emergency cell phone, and the smoke detector, I can deal with it. Independent living is something most older Americans strive for. But as the child of one of them, you worry. What if they became ill, got injured, fell, or there was a fire or a blackout and they couldn't reach a phone? The answer is a small pendant from Alert USA. When pressed, this two-way personal emergency response system alerts our monitoring station to summon help to the residents. Right now, for a limited time, get the Alert USA system for just 50 cents a day. Sign up now, and we'll also send you a free 911 emergency cell phone that's loaded with safety features and a free smoke detector with 24-hour monitoring when you subscribe. Call now for a free brochure, 1-800-592-0011. That's 1-800-592-0011. Heart of mine, you're quiet tonight, and I think I know why. You believed in another chance instead of letting love die. A passion for teaching professionals how to use social media as a business tool. And I'm delighted today that my guest is Donna Feldman. We've been talking a lot about Facebook, a lot about just kind of social media in general. You know, one of the things that we have seen in the last week, the last two weeks, Facebook really made some dramatic changes. And it's been very interesting to see because as with, you know, anytime Facebook makes changes, oy, there are so many people who don't like them. What have you been seeing, and, and what's been your experience in trying to go back in and figure out where things have moved to? You know, I've, I've lost my lists. I had to figure out where they went, You know, all those various things. 
Well, you know, at first I was, like many people, annoyed and, you know, but as I was posting my annoyance, of course, there were all these people who were also posting, oh, gee, I like this and gee, I like that. So I tried to be a little more open-minded about it. I read some articles to help me out with some of the changes and, you know, I think I am starting to like it. I think that some of the changes they made will make it easier in the long run to use Facebook. I think that the list, you know, like I said, I'm kind of annoyed that they're making these lists for me, but I do like using the list. Mm -hmm. I like the way my lists are now over there on the left-hand side before it was much more difficult to Mm -hmm. get to my list. So, you know, I'm still not quite sure about that subscribe button. I put it up there because everybody has it, but mm-hmm. I'm not sure when I'm seeing who I'm subscribed to and who I'm friends with. I don't know if you've noticed. I've noticed that one of the things, because I, I have been following people like Mari Smith, mm-hmm. so I follow her page because, of course, she came up with 5,000 friends very quickly. But then I subscribed to her personal page. And she's somebody who typically does a lot of the same posts, and so that's okay. But um, I also noticed that she uses a different picture. And so that was one of the things that I did. So my my personal page, which, you know, I always post something that anybody could read. I'm not going to post anything that I'd be embarrassed about. But it has a much more casual picture. So then my business page has the more professional picture. And I don't know. You know, that was just kind of my own thing that I started doing a while ago so people would know where they were. But it is interesting. When when I've tagged people, it's tagged their personal page as opposed to their business page. So that was a little weird because I hadn't meant to do that. I, I realized all of a sudden I was in their personal feed, mm-hmm. and I thought, oopsie, that wasn't what I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, I still sometimes have that confusion. Um, it's a little different, but posting is me and posting is my page. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes I mean to make a post as my page, Mm -hmm. and I'm in as me, and sometimes I mean to make a post as me, and I'm in as my page, and you start feeling like you've got a split personality. That was part of the reason I did two different pictures, too. I went, okay, that's the picture of the casual me, so, you know. Um, But, yeah, it's been interesting to really see, and I've been, like you, I've been trying to read up a lot. I have been posting links to articles on my Facebook page, which is Deb Creer, The Socialite, you know, articles about how to go in and change some of the things. There was, you know, the big hullabaloo that I saw late last week where the hoax went around. Now that Facebook has made all these changes, they're going to charge. That's a hoax, folks. Facebook is still saying that they will never charge. And one of the the things that we can always watch is if the other big social networks don't charge, they're not going to charge. You know, they're they're not going to lose that that captive audience by all of a sudden saying that they have to charge. But there were also things where people were mixed up about the news feed and telling people, gee, change how my setting is in your news feed. Well, all that meant was I didn't see their posts. It didn't change anything else. So, you know, always watch those things when you're doing those. But I also tell people that anytime Facebook makes major changes, go in and double check your privacy settings. Yeah, I think that that's a really good tip because we've noticed that a lot of times the privacy defaults get changed without any kind of mm-hmm. announcement, and all the privacy, uh, well, they changed everything. The way it looks when you go in there is completely mm-hmm. different. The, so always go in, take a look. Some people, I notice when I'm working with people one-on-one or in small groups, they have everything to everyone, and that's fine if you really want to have your whole life be an open book. But sometimes you just want things for friends, friends of friends. Sometimes you might want to go in and make your privacy just only me. There really are certain Mm -hmm. settings there that I actually don't want to have be public. So, you know, I think one of the things I notice is it's like people, you said play, Mm -hmm. and I think it is about play. People get afraid that they're going to break something or make something so that you can't go back and change it again. And there's very little on Facebook that's permanent other than, I think, your username. Right. And other than that, you can go in and you can change something and you can change it back. Mm-hmm. So You can even speak pirate. <laughs> yeah, one day. Last yeah, week was, was speak yeah. like a pirate day. And so you could change your posts to where they were pirate. <laughs> um, you know, and, and I think that is one of the things where people really like Facebook is it gives them all of that flexibility. One of the platforms that doesn't give a lot of flexibility but still is very, very popular is Twitter. And I think one of the things I've liked most about Twitter is they've made some little tweaks, 
but nothing nearly as dramatic as what Facebook does. And so once you're used to Twitter, you know how it's going to look, you know how it's going to act. And I see a lot of businesses really liking that and, and a lot of professionals because they don't have to relearn something every time they go in. What's your experience with Twitter? I think you use Twitter more than I do. Yeah, I well, I I love Twitter. And people always... <laughs> People always ask me about that. And I had this very odd experience about a week or so ago where I was at a dinner with a bunch of friends, none of whom use any social media tools. And as I tried to explain... They live in a cave. (laughs) I know. I was like, are they really my friends? I mean, well, they're not my Facebook friends. They are truly my friends. (laughs) But I was trying to explain Twitter to them and... They just couldn't imagine how you could possibly have thousands and thousands of followers and also follow thousands and thousands of people. And I think that's kind of what makes Twitter so much fun. I've met so many people on Twitter that I never would have met otherwise. And then people always say, how can you meet somebody on Twitter? Well, you can limit it geographically. There are ways to go in and do that when you're doing searches. But it's that connection. If I see a post that, say, you, Deb, make, and maybe you've made it to somebody and I don't know who they are, I can then go look at that person, and they might be somebody right here in Denver that looks interesting, or you might have a list that's all your Denver peeps, and I might go in and say, oh, who are Deb's Denver peeps? Maybe I want to be following some of them, too. So I have found it a really nice way to grow my connections here in Denver, as well as, well, internationally, because you end up with people all over the world. Well, and that's exactly how I built my Twitter uh, following at the start. You know, I, I went to people that I knew and I respected, and I followed who they followed. Most of those people then followed me back. You know, sometimes they didn't, but for the most part they did. And so that's where it was really a lot of fun. I find there's a lot less, shall we say, personal interaction on Twitter. You know, you you might post what TV show you watched last night, but it's only 140 characters. So, you know, on Facebook, you're, you're doing a much longer post. And then, of course, on Google+, Plus, you can really do a long post. So that's part of why I like Twitter. It's so brief. It's so short that you just get those little snippets, and then you can delve into it more if you're interested. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, just the facts, ma'am. Mm-hmm. That's all, you know, 140 characters at first. I found that really challenging to say what I needed to say with as few characters as possible. And by the way, that's a Twitter tip. When choosing your Twitter name, you want to choose the shortest name possible because those characters will count uh, when people are trying to retweet your tweets. Right. I see people trying to have these really long Twitter names, mm-hmm. and it's like, no, 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 that's when short is better. Well, and as you can imagine, 140 characters really is hard for me. And But it, it really makes me think about what it is that I want to post. You know, I'm, I have to be brief. I have to be succinct and concise. So I, to me, that makes it a very good tool. Yeah, I like that. And then I like, you know, a lot of what people do is they will provide the link where you can get more information. Mm-hmm. So if I want to find out more, I can do that. Uh, I actually use it a lot personally as well as for business. And just this morning, somebody that I met on Twitter uh, posted, how was your weekend? And I was in that kind of mood where I tweeted her back about what I did on the weekend. And this is someone, because people, I have no idea how I met her, but we (laughs) met on Twitter. She must have tweeted something that I made a comment to, I responded to. And we've become friends. So I told her about my weekend, and she tweeted me back and told me about her weekend. So, you know, it is a way of keeping up with people. Well, and and again, it's a great way to keep it short and sweet. You know, you probably said, I had a really great weekend. I went hiking. As opposed to, you know, somewhere else, even if you were emailing somebody, you'd go into a lot of detail, which not everybody always wants. And if they do, they can ask for it. Well, and Twitter does allow you to upload pictures and things Mm -hmm. like that. So it's funny that you knew exactly what I did this weekend because I posted that I went hiking at Rocky Mountain National Park. And had I taken the time, I could have uploaded a picture of some of the aspens that were starting to turn already. So, you know, I think sometimes people don't realize all the things that you can do on Twitter. 
Great. Well, that makes a, a great breaking point for us right now because we're going to talk about some of the other social media tools later. But we need to take a quick break for, the you know, those people who pay the bills, the advertisers, and some music. So we'll be back shortly. You're listening to Mile High Radio. MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening flesh. Mile High. I'm Elizabeth Hasselbeck. If you're like me, you probably don't have a lot of free time to exercise and keep yourself in shape. For me, the answer is the Ab Glider from Proform. I can't tell you how much I love this amazing machine. It's a great fat-burning cardio workout, too. And it's fun. Unlike other ab machines, the Ab Glider combines circular and crunch motions for a fast, fun workout of your entire midsection. You engage more muscles, get a better cardio workout, and burn twice the calories of other ab machines. I went from an 11 to a size 4. 20 inches total. It's really easy and it's fun. With this offer, you'll get an onboard workout computer, Elizabeth's 3-Minute Rapid Results DVD, and her amazing abs instructional DVD, plus her amazing abs eating guide, a $159 value, free. Try the Ab Glider now for 30 days, risk-free, for as little as $14.95. Call 800-268-8608. That's 800-268-8608. Try the Ab Glider risk-free. Call now. That was fabulous music. Um, you know, it's it's fun to to be able to do this radio program because there's so many different things that happen here. You know, I'm still looking out at this gorgeous view. I was up here one time and we had horrible rain. And you know, it's it, it, what better place can we want to be right now than in Colorado? It is just absolutely fabulous. And the person here with me is both absolutely fabulous also. So I'm here with Donna Feldman and we're talking about social media and social networking. And I think. That's the key word, that, that second word there, the social networking. Donna is part of the networking gurus along with Cindy Rold, and they do some training and speaking with that. But we really want to talk about first, you know, tell us what you do with the networking gurus, but then let's really talk about how social media is about networking. Well, the networking gurus started because both Cindy and I at that time were teaching the Get Clients Now program, which is a 28-day marketing program. And people in our classes were asking us, well, where do we go to network? Because one of the actions was go to one networking event a week. This was back before social media was around. And we started a list of events so you would know where to go network in the Denver metro area. And that just grew and grew and grew. And then over time, as you know, social networking, Twitter, Facebook, all that came along, that's just another networking tool, and as a networking guru, I felt I had to jump on the bandwagon and learn how to use these tools, uh, learn not just how Facebook and Twitter were personal, but how can you use these to grow your business? And the key word there is it's a networking tool. It's right. just like networking in person, only you might be home 
at your computer in your jammies. Right. You know, and, and I think what people need to remember is to respect those relationships that you have with those people. You know, you might be at home in your jammies typing, but, you know, I'm just astounded when I see people make comments on people's Facebook posts and, and all of those various things, they would never make comments like that face-to-face with that person. But the computer tends to give us a little anonymity. So, you know, this is, is an absolutely fabulous networking tool, and we really need to keep that in mind. You know, uh, before the program started, Donna and I were talking about how we met. And we're not exactly sure how we met, but our business relationship has definitely flourished because of social media. You know, I see what she does. She sees what I do, you know, both professional, personal, all those various things. And so we've developed a friendship because of it. And and that's what people need to keep in mind is this is a tool that you can use just like you were going down the hall and talking to somebody by the copy machine or the coffee maker. You know, I think that's an important point. If I just met you once in person and we never bumped into each other again, that would have been the end of it. Mm -hmm. And I probably wouldn't be sitting here. But we connected on Facebook. We connected on Twitter. Probably we're connected on LinkedIn, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that means that I see what Deb's up to. Deb sees what I'm up to. And maybe she sees I'm up to something and she puts her two cents in. And maybe I see she's up to something and I comment back. And also... We answer each other's questions via social media. And so what happens is it deepens the relationship, just like in-person networking. You know, if you belong to a leads group where you meet with the same people week after week after week, over time you deepen the relationship. I think social networking does the same thing, that by being connected to people, over time you get you have the opportunity to deepen the relationship. Maybe not with everybody, right. but with the people whose posts interest you. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and it gives you the opportunity probably to see more about what's going on. You know, face-to-face, we probably only see each other maybe once every couple of months. But I see your posts every day. So it really is a good tool. And especially for somebody like me, I home office. So this is a way for me to still be interacting with people. And I think that was why I really started using Facebook and Twitter and, and LinkedIn. Was It was a way for there to be adults out there for me to be talking with, whether it was about the TV show I liked last week or business proposal I'm working on or you know a program that I'm getting ready to, to start promoting. There are business people out there that I can connect with. Yeah, I think that's really important because when I talk about or teach networking, I always say networking is about creating a pool of resources from which you can draw information, tools, referrals, clients, prospects, but it's a pool of contacts so that you can have access to all these things, Mm -hmm. and that includes social networking. So one of the great things about social networking is if I'm looking for a resource, in fact, I saw you posted a question about a resource you were looking for. It goes out to all these people more than I can just reach on my own, and I can get help from people. I can get answers to questions. I can get pointed in directions, and I love that um, it's not just about business. It's Mm -hmm. not like going to a networking event and assuming that you're going to come home with a brand new client. Mm -hmm. It's about making connections and having people you can chat with. I also work from uh, have a home office, and I know when I started my business, the main reason I started going to networking events was to get out of the house and see people mm-hmm. in person. Right. So I like that combination. Mm-hmm. I get out of the house, I see people in person, and I get online, and I see all my people there. Well, and for me, I think one of the nice things is boundaries have been eliminated. You know, people that I'm connected with are all over the world. And it's funny because I I tend to completely forget to even look. You know, is this somebody in Denver? Is this somebody in Omaha? Is this somebody in Paris? I host two of the Behind the Moon networking events, and uh, they are online. And, and so it's always funny when I go to invite people, I don't remember, are they from Denver? Are they not from Denver? And I had this one person that I very, you know, 
I just kept inviting to her to one of the events. And, and after several months, she very nicely sent me a note, and she said, I really would like to attend, but I live in Houston. And I went, oh. you know, it, it, it just never occurred to me anymore that the person I was connected with might not be the person just down the street from me. So it has its positives and its negatives, but I love the fact that there aren't boundaries. You know, We can reach out and connect with people, whether we're asking a question, whether we're providing a service or a resource, and they can be around the world from us. Yeah, I think that is one of the really great aspects of it. And then you can use it if you're going to be out of town. People say, how do you meet people via social networking? You can simply make a post. I'm going to be attending Mm -hmm. this conference. I'll be here. Any of my peeps want to go meet for a happy hour? Mm -hmm. And it's just a way of letting your people know. And sure enough, there are often people who will want to meet in person. Right. Well, and one of the things that I've had business people tell me is they only want to connect with somebody local because they have a product or a service that they can only provide, you know, in in their immediate vicinity. And I told them that's so limiting because they never know who they are connected with. You know, they, I might be connected with somebody in Houston, but that person in Houston might be connected with 20 people back here in Denver. So she could easily or he could easily spread my information back here. I think one of the best examples I have of that is one time um, I was uh, saw an Amber Alert, and so I reposted it on Twitter because, you know, this is something that we need to get out there to a lot of people. We were talking about how news spreads on Twitter. So I had reposted um, one of the, the Amber Alerts, and within probably 15 minutes, somebody that I was connected with on Twitter in Pennsylvania sent it back to me and said, you know, I'm in Pennsylvania, but I think you're in Denver, so this is probably something that you should see. She didn't even know that I had originally been the one who was retweeting it. It just kind of was this circle of life, so to speak, mm-hmm. where it came back. And I think that's what business owners really need to think about is who are they connecting with, but who are they then connected with? Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think that if you just limit it to local people, you're missing out on that uh, viral capability Mm -hmm. of social networking and social media. It's having other people help spread the word, even if they're not right here in town. You know, and, and I uh, was reading, it. I think it was one of the, the books by Bob Berg with his referral network books where he was talking about they've done some studies to kind of figure out who knows who. And each person pretty much knows about 250 people. And they did that by studying funerals and weddings. E- each person would have, on average, about 250 people who would come to their wedding or their funeral. So the, what they developed, though, was, you know, so I, I might have those 250 people. But now by Donna connecting with me, she now has access to my 250 people. So that's where this power of viral really starts going. And hopefully I am connected to more than 250 people who would come to my funeral when I die. But who knows? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, for some reason, as you were talking about those connections, um, something about Twitter popped into my head, which was that whole idea of, the followers and the following Mm -hmm. because while there are a lot of people following me I may not follow them and I don't know why that uh, jumped into Mm -hmm. my head but I think sometimes people are a little confused about that aspect it's not the same as friends or connections Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn or Facebook Um, and it's this idea that I can follow you and you do not have to follow me back so I can keep up with what you're doing and even if you don't follow me back I still might uh, help spread the word Mm -hmm. about something that you're doing if I see one of your posts it's I think the other thing that I see a lot of in networking and you were mentioning Bob Berg and this whole idea of referrals is people think it has to be equal I refer somebody to you you need to refer somebody back to me And I think that the circle is so much bigger, and social networking helps that with us. I may refer tons of people to you. It's possible you might not refer anybody to me, but somebody else over there is referring tons of people to me, and I'm not referring to them. It's a big, big circle. Well, and and it's funny because you're never quite sure. You know, it used to be that the referral was, you know, I would say you really need to talk to Donna. Here, Donna, call this person. Now, maybe all I'm doing is posting a link to one of her seminars on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Did it get to, you know, that's roughly about 5,000 people that I'm connected with on all those various networks. Did all 5,000 see it? No. Hopefully the right people saw it. So the referrals have gotten a little 
different, so to speak. You know, it's, it's not that they're good or bad, but we're able to spread the word, to be evangelists for those we're connected with in a much different way than when we originally were connecting and just saying, gee, you know, here's a business card. I know this person. You should call them. Well, and back to what you were saying about the 250 connections uh, that from Bob Berg's book is if you made a post, whether it's LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, about something that I'm doing, then many of your people who I am not connected with might share it with their people mm-hmm. and their people might share it with their people and so on and so on. And it gets shared in a much bigger way mm-hmm. than I think is possible when we connect in person. Right. And I think that's what scares some people. You know, they might not want that information out there. So, you know, just bear that in mind when you're posting. You know, if you don't want things shared, then you shouldn't be posting them. And on that note, we're going to take a quick break and come back and talk a little bit about Google Plus and maybe some of the things that we see coming down the pike. You're listening to Mile High Radio. MileHighRadio.com on the World Wide Web for your listening pleasure. Mile High. According to a recent study, 85% of consumers do their shopping within five miles of home. At Echo Pages, we publish community phone books that take those buying patterns seriously. For just a fraction of what the big phone book charges, you can get a great ad that targets your potential customers without the waste. Call Echo Pages today at 303-805-7344 and let your voice be heard again and again. We're back. Actually, I'm back like 30 years. Boy, it has been a long time since I have heard Annie's song by John Denver. I have to wonder what he would think about, you know, all of this Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and and all those various things. But let's talk now. I'm here with Donna Feldman, and welcome back. Let's talk about Google+. It's kind of the new guy on the block. So uh, they just opened it last couple of days where anybody who has a Gmail account uh, can get on Google+, and set up an account 
I, Donna, I see that you're on there. How much do you use it compared with some of the other sites, and why is there a difference? You know, when I first got on there, I was so anxious to get an invite when I first heard about it. It was like, ooh, ooh, I want an invite. Ooh, ooh, I, I want to be there, too. <laughs> you know, I just have this thing about, you know, wanting to be one of the cool kids and know what's happening. So I got on there, and like most things, it took a little getting used to, and it's different than the others. You know, same, same, but different. Mm-hmm. A lot of things are similar, and a lot of things are different. It's kind of taken a combination of Facebook and Twitter and put it together. And I like it. I was using it much more in the beginning when I started, uh, when I first got on there, and then I kind of dropped off. But I'm thinking now, like you mentioned, that they've opened it up to everyone. Maybe people will be posting a little mm-hmm. more regularly. Because I noticed that a lot of people who got on there right away, I'm not seeing posts from them. Right. I do love the circles. I know that it's a lot like lists on Twitter and lists on Facebook, but I like that I could do that right from the very beginning. Mm -hmm. It made it so much easier to make lists of the people that I want to be viewing or also communicating with. So I can just, if I have a list of just Denver people, I can make a post that just goes to Denver people. Well, and I like the fact that when you connect with somebody, you just connect with them. They don't give permission. They don't. Now they can block you or, you know, things like that. But, you know, so if you want to follow a celebrity, if you want to follow somebody, you can just follow their posts. And and so you're connected with them. So that's kind of a little bit different than some of the other tools. It was really interesting last week when Facebook made all of these changes and everybody went, oh, ick, ick, ick. I noticed that many people, I gained 20 new Google Plus followers almost right away. And they're people that I'm friends with on Facebook. They didn't like the changes and they wanted to switch to Google Plus because for right now, and I know it will change, but Google Plus is a very clean interface. You don't have the advertisements. You just have the running stream and you can even take that down to just the stream of, of posts from your circles. So it's not nearly maybe the so busy might be the, yeah. the big term right now. You can do much longer posts. Those I like. Those are fun. I did notice it was interesting that, you know, you originally got little bitty pictures on Facebook when you posted a, a, a photo or a link to a graphic, and Google Plus has always done a much bigger picture. Well, hmm, now all of a sudden Facebook yeah. is doing bigger pictures. So they've kind of followed that. But I like the fact that there's, you know, the ability to do longer posts. You know, yeah, I like to gab more, so, of course, I like to write more. But I I haven't been as active on Google+. Plus. I try and do a post or two a day there. I think I'm going to start switching more and more to it and just see what happens. I'm sure it will be very different for different people. Yeah. I actually saw a couple of people who totally abandoned their Facebook I presence know. and moved over and to Google+. And these were huge Plus. Facebook yes. people. And yeah. they, they switched over. So that was interesting to see people that, that did that. Yeah. Um, I think that people are liking the just the possibilities. I know a number of people like the Hangout, that you can do mm-hmm. that. Um, I know that people do like the longer posts. Uh, I love the little plus one. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. It's you know, kind of like the liker, liking things. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think... I do like how nice and clean it looks mm-hmm. when I go there, that there's just not too much information, mm-hmm. there's not too much stuff. And so like you, I think I need to up my activity yeah. there. It, well, and I think Google Plus is probably going to trend more towards focusing on businesses and really, obviously right now you still can't be a business and be on Google Plus. They're, they're still wanting it to just be for people. But my gut feeling is that they're going to to transition that into more of a platform for businesses. They will bring in all of their resources, which, of course, includes YouTube and and all of those various things. So people may go back to Facebook for their personal posts. And if it's more of a professional post, they'll be on Google+. It it really will be interesting to see maybe how the the next six months evolves with those two. Because they're the big dogs on the block, and they're going to start really fighting it out. Yeah. You know, for now, I actually really like the fact that everybody who's on there has to be a person Mm -hmm. and so you're dealing with real people right and people are talking like people Mm -hmm. i I like that aspect and and i mentioned it earlier that in order to post on google plus you have to go to google plus so you're not in hootsuite you're not having your twitter stream feeding in there they're very active on google plus to be posting there so when you comment 
it's more likely that they will respond. And and that's one of the things I've noticed with some of the big name people who are on there. They're directly interacting with people, and you know that that it's because they're there. Yeah, I I agree. I see tons of you know comments and shares and people talking back and forth. So. You know, in that regard, it's kind of like Twitter, only, like you said, you're able to make, mm-hmm. you've got more than 140 characters. Right. You can go on and on as long as you want. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've liked the fact that you know, you can connect with people on Google+, Plus that are the developers of Google+, Plus, and you can send them suggestions, and, and darned if they don't respond, you know, or you know, somebody at least using their name responds, and, and they have been very interactive with people which tends to be one of the complaints I see about Facebook. You know, people say, we like it the way it is. Why did you go in and change it? Now, we get used to it, and we go on. You know, we've said this every single time Facebook has made changes, and lo and behold, after a couple of weeks, we're used to it, and we go on to, to, you know, doing other things with it. But, yeah, Google Plus is very different. And I think what they've done is they've learned from their mistakes with their two failed enterprises. Um, so that's that's been interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, I definitely think Google Plus is here to stay mm-hmm. and that it is a bit of a game changer. As you can see, I think with the changes in Facebook, I'm sure a lot of that was a reaction to what was happening with Google mm-hmm. Plus. So, you know, the challenge for all of us, I think, is being in all the right places. Right. And a lot of it, I think, goes back to what I said earlier about if you're using these for business, where is your target right. market? Where is your audience? You know, my audience might be on Facebook, but I have fun on Google Plus mm-hmm. and Twitter. I connect with other people. That's Those are more the places where I get my resources, right. I get information, I stay up to date. Mm-hmm. And and so you post different things on those. And, and I think that's one of the, the tips that I give people is don't post the exact same thing on every single one of the networks. Because people are there for different reasons. And keep that in mind when you're posting. Now, you can post about the same thing, but don't always post the exact same thing, especially if you're reading the post, say, in Hootsuite, where it's all coming across as, you know, the same post four times. Then I tend to think, wait, something got stuck. (laughs) Yeah, I think that just because Hootsuite gives you the capability to make the same post Mm -hmm. to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn at the same moment – Absolutely. You should not do that. That is just a big Mm -hmm. no-no. Change the post a bit. You know, you want to gear it different, I believe, to your different audiences. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think it's obvious when somebody is posting in, say, you know, one of the other platforms. An example is LinkedIn. You know, you can post in LinkedIn and have it automatically feed into Twitter. Well, you're posting something longer in LinkedIn. So then it gets truncated in the Twitter post. That's not a good thing. You know, it means that you have to put the, the meat of your, your message right up front. But how many people really do click on to see what the rest of the message was? Probably not a lot of people. Yeah. I, I, I can tell also I sometimes see a lot of posts on Twitter that seem to have gotten cut off and mm-hmm. the link isn't there. So you have to be really careful if you're using other applications to make sure that if people are going to be reading it mm-hmm. in Twitter – You've got the full post. That's right. why I think if you're using an application and you're posting to Twitter, make that post just to Twitter so you mm-hmm. know where the cutoff is. Well, and I think, you, as you mentioned, we, we post different words. You know, uh, what a lot of people use in Twitter are called hashtags. So they're posting about a conference. They're posting about a word. They're posting about something very specific. And, and so that's the pound sign followed by a word or a couple of characters so if that goes into a Facebook feed or a LinkedIn feed, it makes absolutely no sense to somebody. And if they don't follow Twitter, they don't know what's going on. I had somebody that I was following on Twitter that I, I started watching. He literally could not do a tweet, which is what you're posting on Twitter. He couldn't do a tweet without at least four hashtags. Well, when that came into Facebook, it looked like he had typos. You know, it it really made no sense. So I, I blocked him in Facebook. I still followed him on Twitter, but it made no sense for me to follow him on Facebook because then I had to go to the hashtag separately, and it really was just very confusing. Well, and I think for all those people on Facebook who aren't familiar with Twitter, the posts don't make any sense. Right. They have no idea what that is. Mm-hmm. So 
uh, hashtags is a whole other topic, and I don't know that we have time to get into that today. You know, we actually are right at almost straight up 1 o'clock, so we have filled our hour. I wanted to thank you so much for being here. This was great fun. Um, we will be posting links probably on our various social media platforms where you can go back and listen to the recording again. This is uh, It's always kind of fun to go back and listen to what, what people said because you might have been interrupted, so you can go back. So we will be posting those links. I did want to talk just very briefly about my program next time. So I am on again from noon to 1 on October 10th. My guest that day will be Lita Citron, and she is a personal branding expert. And we really want to talk to her about how your brand can get diluted, can get changed. All of those various things can happen when you start posting on the various social media outlets. So I hope people will tune in in two weeks to hear us again. Thank you very much, Donna, for being here. Oh, it was a lot of fun. You're listening to Mile High Radio, milehighradio.com, on the World Wide Web, for your listening pleasure. Mile High Radio. I'm Elizabeth Hasselbeck. If you're like me, you probably don't have a lot of free time to exercise and keep yourself in shape. For me, the answer is the Ab Glider from Proform. I can't tell you how much I love this amazing machine. It's a great fat-burning cardio workout, too. And it's fun. Unlike other ab machines, the Ab Glider combines circular and crunch motions for a fast, fun workout of your entire midsection. You engage more muscles, get a better cardio workout, and burn twice the calories of other ab machines. I went from an 11 to a size 4. 20 inches total. It's really easy and it's fun. With this offer, you'll get an onboard workout computer, Elizabeth's 3-Minute Rapid Results DVD, and her amazing abs instructional DVD, plus her amazing abs eating guide, a $159 value free. Try the Ab Glider now for 30 days, risk-free for as little as $14.95. Call 800-268-8608. That's 800-268-8608. Try the Ab Glider risk-free. Call now. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.